You're listening to the best morning routine ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lumid, and today it's an honor to have a very special guest to the show, and we are going to talk about all things meditation. Not just how to do it, but the benefits of doing it and the, the reason to have this healthy practice in life, especially this day and age. Kelly Smith, she is a globally renowned yoga and meditation teacher, founder of Yoga For You, and host of the Chart Topping Mindful in Minutes podcast that is a spin-off of Meditation Mama. She specializes in the non-physical limbs of yoga and is best known for her master's training and workshop in meditation, restorative yoga, and yoga ninja, as well as her international global yoga and mindfulness retreats. It is an honor to have her on. With no further ado, Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. Thank you again. Now tell us a little bit more about your journey because I feel the practice of yoga, it's always a journey, right? It's always a step forward. It's always picking up and moving into this space that we once you get there, it, you harness it. It's like heaven. So tell us, walk us through a little bit what your journey has been like thus far. Sure. Yeah. I'll give you the spark notes version. Cause I think you hit the nail on the head. It's always a journey. Mm-hmm. It's also never linear. It's, yeah. you know, there's always these ebbs and flows and ups and downs and a little here, a little there. So I guess the spark notes version, um, was I first discovered yoga when I was young, when I was a teenager, I was an athlete and I used it as cross training for my sports. And I was really into like the stretch, right? I now I cringe a little bit, but I used to be a Shavasana skipper. I was one of those where (laughs) Shavasana time, I roll up the mat, I, you know, walk out the door. It's like, oh, I'm not burning any calories. What's the point? And now that I practice things like yoga nidra or do long guided meditations, you know, it's not uncommon to be teaching a 45 to 75 minute Shavasana. But when I first started when I was young, I really didn't grasp the concept or the benefit of some of the non-physical limbs of yoga. Um, I have, you know, I was then inspired to explore that a little bit more when I was a caregiver to my mom a little bit later, my teenage years when she was battling breast cancer and through her treatment and recovery and now remission. And I, like many people, when I graduated college, I thought, well, what am I going to do now? What do I do with my life? And I just really felt inspired to take a yoga teacher training. Yoga had always been there for me when I needed it. And I felt inspired to do that. And so I took a 200 hour training. The journey took me to rural Missouri And I ended up opening a studio there while my husband went to medical school. The journey took us to Michigan a few years later. And that's when I took everything location independent and started teaching teachers. And that's actually when I started my podcast, Mindful in Minutes. And the journey now has brought me to really focusing on those non-physical limbs of yoga, helping people with introspection and discovering their true self. And uh, the most recent step in the journey is being a mother and now using meditation so I don't lose my mind or, (laughs) you know, go absolutely bonkers. (laughs) And yeah, that's just the very kind of quick 
journey, I guess. Yeah. So the meditation mama, that really caught my, my interest because yeah. I can imagine a lot of mothers who need that space, who don't know how to get it because you're constantly just giving of yourself. So tell us a little bit more about meditation mama and how some mothers can really tap into that. Yeah. So I started meditation mama. It was like my second baby in a way. I started it when I was pregnant last year and I was having a pandemic pregnancy. And I was using meditation a lot personally to connect. We just call him baby pork chop, but to connect to baby pork chop when he was in the belly and to also manage my own stress and anxiety. I found out I was pregnant in March of 2020. And I actually didn't even get my first doctor's appointment until I was almost my second trimester because pregnancy was deemed non-essential at the time which I'm not quite sure how that one works because it's pretty essential, but Mm -hmm. it just like all of us, there's so much going on. And I, I felt like there were so many other women that not even just pandemic pregnancies, but just during pregnancy, it's such an up and down, hard, scary time transitioning into motherhood, everything that's happening with your body, but you're also just growing this life within you that I wanted to then give other women the tools to be able to connect with their baby and their bodies in that process through meditation. So I did the limited release meditation mama, which is all prenatal and for newly postpartum women so that they can meditate and go on that journey with their baby and their bodies and all the ups and downs that come with becoming a mother. Yeah. And they're all quite a bit. And I, it's nice that you, you captured it from the, even before birth, you know, and because there's postpartum um, Mm -hmm. depression that is real and yeah. so what are some some tips you provide for postpartum for women who don't know how to deal um, with all the, the emotions running havoc? Yeah, I love that question. And postpartum is something that I really struggled with. And I love sharing that because I think, one, we need to talk more about it. I think we need to talk about how hard it is to become a mother and that you can equally be so grateful for the fact that you can be a mother and that you have this child in the world. But it also can be really, really hard and you can struggle a lot. And I think that for so many women, one, we don't really talk about it. But at least for me and my experience, I found that one of the best tips for myself was to return to Mm self-compassion and to be kind to myself and loving to myself. And I had to, I did that every single day for my baby and I took care of him and I loved him and I completely ran myself ragged, my body, my mind, everything. Um, And so a big piece for me was returning to self-compassion and trying to self-love and also to speak up and to talk to my husband about it, to talk to my friends about it, to talk to my doctor about it. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. And Mm -hmm. that was something that I found a lot of freedom, but also a lot of support uh, when I told people how, you know, and they say, how are you doing? I honestly answered them. And I found that there are a lot of really amazing women around me could help support me. And I, I found that to be one of the best tools when I was struggling with postpartum is be honest mm-hmm. and ask for help and be as kind and nurturing to yourself and your body that just went through this miracle of life as you do your baby. Yeah, it is truly a blessing. And the, the sticky part with it is, you know, you can't really 
get on medication because if you're feeding, you don't want that mm-hmm. in your lactate. You don't want that to affect um, feeding the baby. So it's something that you almost have to like, what, let it pass, <laughs> let it power through, mm-hmm. let it pass. And to do that, you do need the support that you mentioned. Um, you do yeah. need to be able to do the self-care because it's real. It's, it's here. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think that we're so focused at least from my experience on that time about, you know, baby, 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 baby. Mm-hmm. And there's also all of this just dumb pressure to, you know, bounce back or somehow have your body like snap back to the way it was, yeah. or, you know, to all of a sudden be like glowing and showered and all of these things. And like, that's just ridiculous expectations. Yeah. So I think just releasing those expectations and just being kind to yourself and realizing what you just did. You not only brought life into the world, but if you are breastfeeding, you're also feeding another life with your own body. Mm-hmm. And your body has kept two bodies alive for like almost a year during pregnancy and now beyond if you do choose to breastfeed or can breastfeed. Yeah. And so for yoga for you, you've thrown in the non-physical lens of yoga. Can you clarify what makes it different from regular yoga? Because I'm a very big Bikram yoga person and I want to talk to you about that too, but I want to know about what you do, yoga for you and non-physical lens yoga. Yeah. So I believe in, or I follow the eight limbed path of yoga. So it's, you know, depending what lineage you come from or what you believe with yoga, um, a very common one, if you practice vinyasa or hatha yoga or Bikram, you know, anything where you're really like flowing and moving, um, most likely comes from this eight limbed path. And one of those limbs is asana or the poses, which is a wonderful, beautiful part of yoga but it's one eighth of what the practice really is. So there's asanas, which are the poses. There's the yamas and niyamas, which is like how you show up for yourself in life, how you show up, you know, for everyone else in life. There's pranayama, there's, which is breath work. There's meditation, there's concentration, there's withdrawal of the senses, which is what yoga nidra primarily focuses on turning inward withdrawal of the senses. And then there's samadhi or, you know, union or realization of the self enlightenment, whatever your interpretation of it is. And so if we are just practicing the poses, which is a great part of yoga, but it's truly only one eighth of what the full practice is. So if you're really practicing yoga, you are moving, you're breathing, you're turning inward, you're meditating, you're being kind to yourself, being kind to others, and you're working towards self-realization and working on your concentration. Hmm. And so that's the non-physical limbs. It's going inward and it kind of flowing through from posture to posture because it's really true. Um, I do um, yoga and I did some this morning, but I realize if I take the stress of the day into the yoga room, when I'm in there, I'm so busy focusing on my breath and the next posture that I'm not thinking about my outside world. Mm. That's the power. That's the power that, that uh, yoga brings. And I realized that I think this morning and then after it was all said and done, I was like, oh yeah, I still got to deal with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but in the moment, it's, it, it brings in that, that sense of stillness, that sense of quietness and drawing inward. And, that, and I believe that's what makes it powerful for, to do. Now, so other people may struggle with that, right? Other people may struggle to be still and be quiet or feel like it's not physical enough or not burning any calories. Like you said earlier, right? You skip the posture because I'm not burning any more calories. For some people, they struggle with that. How would you advise them to kind of pull through? So I would first challenge them to think about why is it so hard to be still? 
And often it's fear and not necessarily fear for, you know, something that might happen to you, but fear around, well, what's going to happen when I'm still, when I, I firmly believe that, you know, when you are still, when you are quiet, that's when things can come up, right? Mm -hmm. That's when we will have intrusive thoughts. That's when we will actually feel how we're feeling. That's when we will, all these things can bubble up and pour out. And I think for many people, it can be really scary to think about, what's going to happen and what, you know, when are we really truly still and quiet in our day? Nothing, no, you know, podcasts in the background, no noise, no to-do list, no multitasking, nothing like just being right. Instead of a human, we're not human doings, we're human beings, but when do we actually practice just being? And for many people, it can be very frustrating, be very challenging. And it can be kind of scary because we never do it. And once you slow down and become quiet, that's when all of a sudden your body and your mind and your soul are like, oh, good. She's finally paying attention. I have stuff to say. And it'll start saying things and a lot can bubble up. And I think for many people, when you first start practicing, that's why it can be really tricky and kind of scary. So the first thing is I, I would say, why? Why? What is so hard about being still and just being a little introspective and self-reflective as to like, why? And and not in a judgmental way, but like in more of an inquisitive way. And that will give you a lot of insight into why it is so hard to be still and maybe where you could be improving on yourself or be challenging yourself to have these quiet moments and maybe notice where you're not being quiet and why you're not being quiet. Yeah. Meditation is the the, the gateway drug, you can say. <laughs> Yes, to that space because stillness in stillness you'll you'll get the the responses. But it can be terrifying for some people, especially when they're trying to meditate and then the thoughts are like popcorn, right? I call them automatic negative thoughts. I call them ants, and they're coming at you a hundred miles per hour, and then you're just floating away, and then just kind of learn to observe them and realizing that you are not those thoughts. That's where the power begins. And it, it's a practice, right? It's mm-hmm. a, again, as we started off, it's a journey to kind of um, progress um, naturally and get better at it. So tell us some of the benefits of doing meditation and yoga and specifically with your community. Yeah, I think one of my favorite benefits is the way that meditation actually changes your brain. So there's a woman, Sarah Lazar out of Boston. She's doing, she has a very popular TED talk. Um, and she's doing really incredible research on how mindfulness and meditation changes your brain. And so what happens is we know that even 10 minutes a day over on average, eight weeks is enough to start changing the makeup of the brain. So the amygdala, which is the fear, anxiety, pain center of the brain that really kind of kicks off that fight or flight response that begins to shrink and atrophy, meaning that we are actually having smaller physiological responses to stressors and actually having smaller neurological um, anxiety responses, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't know many people who don't struggle with at least a little bit of anxiety at times. And we know that generally as a population, our amygdalas tend to be stronger and more overactive than they used to be. Because when we were, you know, back in hunter and gatherer days, we would have to see a stressor, write some kind of a threat, react. Usually something would happen within 90 seconds where we would, you know, fight, freeze or Mm -hmm. flee, or perhaps we would, you know, 
get eaten or something, you know, whatever it is, it would be over within 90 seconds to two minutes. And now we have stressors everywhere. Our bodies can't, you know, distinguish between seeing something stressful on the news or that bear that we come across when we're trying to find lunch or, you know, an uncomfortable conversation that we had two days ago that we're still thinking about. Our body can't differentiate, which is making our amygdalas bigger and stronger over time, which then gives us larger anxiety responses. So with regular meditation, the amygdala begins to shrink. And then the prefrontal cortex, which is like the front of the brain, if you're going to like, you know, bring your hand to your forehead, which helps with higher cognitive function, emotion regulation, clarity, and focus that gets bigger and stronger. So there's more mass there. There also is more surface area, more wrinkles in those people who meditate, which creates more space for new synapses and neurological activity. So it's actually changing the makeup of your brain to have less anxiety and to have more focus and better emotion regulation. Kelly knows her stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Talking to, you know, a doctor about this science stuff is a little intimidating. (laughs) So you tell me if I got it all right. You got it all right. Okay. Thank goodness. I love some good science. I know you do too. So I I love science. Me too. We just geeked out over yoga benefits in the brain right now. (laughs) Well done. If anyone just thought this was going to be a regular, another meditation, yoga, we just got the whole breakdown of your brain, the structure of your brain, what meditation can do over time. It Mm. does. And it starts um, forming your, your neural pathways, reconnecting those new pathways. And then, Limiting beliefs and subconscious limited beliefs get thrown away, get eradicated because then they no longer become your story. They no longer become your truth. And now you have a whole new pathway, a whole new connection that is made only because you you sit silent for 10 minutes a day for eight weeks. It's the fastest way. I know. I mean, think about if you wanted to go strengthen any other part of your body. If I wanted to go, you know, get the strongest core ever. I mean, maybe if I really focused and did a really intense, like 10 minutes over eight weeks, there would be improvement, but I don't know if it'd be the same as actually changing the makeup of your brain. And I love what you said about like truths and thoughts. And I recently read something by John Kabat-Zinn and he was talking about when you're meditating and a thought comes up, challenge that thought and ask, is it a thought or is it a truth? Because we have many, many thoughts, but we don't often have a lot of truths and many thoughts that come up are not truths. And that's really stuck with me. And he was talking about depression and how we have a lot of thoughts and depression. I'm feeling so down. I'm not good enough. I, you know, I can't do this. You know, I can't bring myself to do that. Right. We're having all of these thoughts, but it's not the truth. And that's not to say you aren't experiencing that depression, but there's something about hearing that, you know, well, is it a thought or is it a truth? And to kind of challenge those thoughts as they pop up um, really kind of opened my perspective in a way of how, you know, those intrusive thoughts come in and what you can do with them. Yeah. Because that's our programming, right? We've been programmed from a very young age. And so we, like someone, something was said, something was done at a young age and we're programming that thought that programming subconsciously is driving our direction. And with meditation, I feel like those thoughts change. Those beliefs change and it becomes your new reality where you don't even think those old thoughts anymore. 
because there's yeah. no room for them. You, you've kind of eradicated all of them. So it's it's powerful and it's definitely worth it. You made a business out of it. It helped you found your purpose. But imagine any other aspect of your life that you want to improve. Mm-hmm. How big uh, instrumental this is to actually do the meditation, do the, the yoga to get there. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. So tell us how about best time of day to do it. I believe the best time of day is the time you're most likely to stick to it. It is a myth that you need to meditate in the mornings. I will say many people find meditating in the morning to be really convenient and it feels really good to start your day that way, but truly you're going to get the same benefit no matter what time you're meditating. So I encourage my students to stick to the time you're most likely to stick with it. If you are not a morning person, although I know everyone listening to this podcast probably is, or is working their way to getting there, but some people aren't. So Mm -hmm. why, you know, try to set yourself up for success. I typically tell people the first 10 minutes of your day or the last 10 minutes of your day tends to be one of the best places to fit it in the whole Mm -hmm. middle of the day. It can be absolute chaos. I personally like to now meditate in the mornings before my little guy wakes up because that's when I feel the best doing it. And it's when I'm most likely to stick to it. By the end of the day, 10 minutes, I'm probably going to fall asleep. So I do it in the morning, but truly the best time is when you're going to stick to it. Yeah. I think that's very powerful that you, you mentioned that because not everyone's a morning people, but it's when your day starts that you prime yourself for the day. Because if you hit the floor running, it's chaotic. That's the same energy you bring to the rest of your day. So you want to be mindful about what you do, even if it's just silence or gratitude or or journaling, working out, whatever that works for you to kind of get set the tone for the day will serve your body. Your mind will thank you for it in the process, right? Because a hundred things are going to come at you. Like my husband is um, not so much a morning person, but he'll meditate uh, midday to kind of give him that boost, that jolt that he needs mm-hmm. to go on through the rest of the day because he's up till 11. Whereas for me, at 8.30, I'm like, I'm like a baby. I'm like, it's time to go. <laughs> but I'll see you <laughs> bright and early though. I'll see you at four or five in the morning. Yep. And so you got to know your body. You got to know what your chronotype is. You got to know when is the best time for you to get up. When is the best time for you to sleep? When is the best time to meditate so that you can actually stick to it? I like that you added that. The best time that you are capable to stick to it because you want to set yourself up for success. Yeah. And- Yeah, that is absolutely true. So tell us about your other um, rituals in the morning. How do you get up, dress up and show up? So what I like to do is I wake up early. I like to wake up before anyone else wakes up. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my special time before the chaos, before anyone needs me, before, you know, my husband needs me, right? Because, you know, those husbands, they they need us. They need a lot (laughs) from us sometimes before, you know, babies need us, before, you know, dogs need us, whatever it is, before the workday starts people need us. So I usually wake up um, around six ish. Mm -hmm. That seems to be a good time for me. And I like to wake up. I like to have a cup of coffee, be present with my coffee. And before I even get out of bed, I like to just three things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just three things. It could even be that I'm alive today, that my family is healthy and you know, my business is thriving, whatever it is. Right. Three things, get out of bed, have my coffee. Then ideally, if time allows, a little bit of movement and meditation. And then usually by then someone needs me, but there's something so special about getting up. I think when it's still dark and no one needs you and it's like the world is still sleeping, but I get to have that little bit of time for me. And that's just my simple 
And I think for me, simple works and I like it. Effective, simple, but effective. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, everybody's going to need you right after that, but it's that it's part of that self-care that you were talking about earlier. Right. And especially mothers it's setting that time out for yourself before the kids wake up, before the home, the family gets up and they do need you because if you are waking up grunting in a bad mood, you're going to carry that into your home. You're going to, baby's going to feed off that energy and you don't want to do that. So for the, for them and for you, taking the time out in the morning is very, very important. And it's self-care. That's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. We always, you know, that we're throwing that word out. What is self-care? What is it? It's that. It's, it's allowing yourself to have um, 10, 30 minutes to yourself to do that, to, sh- to prime yourself so you can show up for everyone else in your life. So you can show up to your office. So you can show up to your family. And I think it also helps me show up best for myself as well. Mm -hmm. When I meditate, I think about it as kind of hanging out with my soul and something that I love doing for myself and for others is helping them connect to their most authentic self and start living from an authentic self space. And so for me, really just checking in, you know, how am I really doing? What Mm -hmm. am I feeling? That helps me to show up best for me every day and what I need, which really just changes the way that then I show up for everyone else, because it all kind of starts with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I love your, your, your simple three gratitude in the morning. I do that. And a lot of times it, it's repetitive from the day before, but it, it kind of, it does something to your day. It, it shows you more things to be grateful for throughout the day. Cause I know mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I'm grateful for this firm mattress underneath me. <laughs> yes. you know, I'm, I'm thankful for this glass of water. That's going to nourish my body from sleeping. Mm-hmm the last six, eight hours. And it's simple. It can be just simple. You can say it out loud. You can write it. I like to write it because writing is a form of meditation for me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I write it down, but yeah, it's as simple as it is. It has great benefits. Another one with great benefit is uh, making your bed, making your bed mm-hmm. in the morning kind of helps you be more productive throughout the day. Simple, but effective. Yes. <laughs> I love that one. If my husband wasn't still sleeping in the bed, and I get up, I would love to be one of those people. There's something for me that's so therapeutic about just simple and organized. Mm -hmm. It organizes the rest of your world too. You don't have to waste your time in decision fatigue and trying to figure out what to do. You just know because the body, that's how habits are built. That's how habits are programmed. That's how you, your environment is filled with cues to trigger your next behavior. To yes. trigger your next habit. And if we understand that, then it, it, it's in our best behavior. It would behoove us <laughs> to set Absolutely. our environment, primary environment for success. And I would say on that note, one practice that I love, um, that I would love to share with everyone listening is the next morning when you get up and take a shower, try to be fully present when you take that shower. So not thinking about what's coming up, not thinking about your next thing, just be present and fully experience your shower. And there's something about that practice that I think helps you then be more mindful and more present with all of your smaller actions. So sometimes for me, that can be like the mindfulness equivalent of making your bed. And I challenge everyone just to try it maybe tomorrow morning and see just what that experience is like. Cause that's one task. We usually just, our minds are elsewhere. And it's like, Mm -hmm. when have you ever just been present and like experienced the shower? I'm going to try that. I, I think like you'll that. like it. I think yeah. you'll like it. M- make sure the last 20 seconds are ice cold. <laughs> Give your body a jolt. <laughs> Wake you up a little bit. <laughs> it's been an honor connecting with you, Kelly. Tell us how can we find you? How Where can we go to find um, Meditation Mama, Yoga for You? Tell us. 
Yeah. So wherever you're listening to our voices right now, you can go to the search bar and look for mindful in minutes. Or if you are an expectant mother or recently um, postpartum woman, you go to that same search bar and type in meditation mama. That will bring you to both my podcasts, which are a collection of guided meditations you can use. And then my website, yogafreeonline.com is a great place to learn about retreats, trainings, all the things. And of course, Instagram at yoga for you online. I like to connect with people. I will answer your DMs if you have questions and it's a good time over there. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. This has been Kelly Smith and we're talking about non-physical lens yoga. It's a new term that I learned today, but I understood it after sitting with her. It's really going inward and just like being focused in, in your breath and, and go flowing through yoga that it's not just the physical piece of it, but like strengthening the mind. Um, continue to build that practice, that journey of meditation and yoga. Kelly, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been the highlight of my day. It's been amazing. I appreciate it so much. If you're the kind of person who likes to have total control over every aspect of your life, like I do, boy, do I have a product for you. It's customized to you. It displays your photos. It keeps track of your calendars, your preferred news, your local weather, even your commute traffic to work. All while you are getting ready and looking in the mirror in the morning. It makes it so easy to get organized so you won't miss a thing. It is designed for early adopters and innovators only. Those who see what everyone else has seen but think what no one else has thought. Is this you? Check this out. Introducing Smart Eye Mirror. It's not just a smart mirror, it's a smart lifestyle. Go check it out at bestmorningroutineever.com and go into the dress up tab and there you'll see all things smart eye mirror to give you more information and I will be excited and elated to customize it to you and your liking and your lifestyle. All right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.